The word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to BromleyTownChurch.com. Today we're going to follow up from that reading, and that's coming from John chapter 20, talking about that first Easter morning. And it's concentrating on a, a lady called Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene. Now, she's only one of a number of Marys that are actually mentioned in the gospel. There's Mary, obviously, Mary, the mother of Jesus. I think we all know about her. There's Mary, the sister of Martha, and, uh, uh, whose brother is Lazarus. There's Mary, the mother of James. There's Mary, the wife of Clopas. And then there's Mary Magdalene. And there's a lot of speculation about Mary Magdalene, but actually there's very little written in the scriptures about her. Probably Mary Magdalene because she came from the town of Magdala. What we do know about this Mary is this. This is what the Bible teaches. She traveled around with Jesus along with a number of other women. And in Luke 8, verses 2 and 3, it says that Jesus delivered from her seven demons. So she had understood that Jesus' power had come upon her and her life had been transformed from that point. So much so that she was obviously a wealthy woman because it says that her and a number of other women, they were the ones that gave support, financial support, aid to Jesus and his disciples. So it's out of her own means is what it says in Luke So it's out of her ability, out of her wealth, that she helped to support the work of Jesus and the disciples. So it's assumed that Mary Magdalene was indeed a fairly wealthy woman. But that's about all we know about her. But it's obvious from her behavior, however, that she deeply respected Jesus and had a great love for him and a great commitment to him. That, for instance, showed itself in the fact that she was one of only a few women who was actually there when Jesus was crucified. John 19 verse 25 says this, Standing near the cross were Jesus' mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. So it's only these few women who were there. But You can imagine what it must have been like for someone like Mary who had shared those years with Jesus, utterly heartbroken, she must have felt. Here was a man who had truly helped her. He'd helped to transform her life. A man in whom she had seen so much kindness, a man who she'd listened to him teaching and been affected by his teaching and seeing all the wonderful things that he had done and the encouragement that he brought not only to her but to all those who who had been around him. But she had watched as this Jesus had been cruelly crucified by the Roman soldiers. And knowing that he was dead, Mary was struggling to come to terms with that fact. The feelings of loss, the feelings of grief that go with that. And you know what, even in this past year, because it's like last Easter... We were in lockdown and we're just still gradually coming out of it this Easter, having experienced that year in between. Many, many people have known loss 
And I've known grief of family members, of people that they knew, maybe neighbors, people at work, people who have died because of COVID-19. It affects you. You feel the loss of those relationships. People who are loved suddenly being taken away from you. That sense of like, you're not going to see them again. And it does cause us to think things through. There's this horrible sense of loss and pain that is experienced. And like Mary... That's the sort of thing that she was feeling, that pain in her own life. However, even though we feel that pain and loss, there's also almost the frustration that life ruthlessly carries on. You can't stop everything because you want to try to sort your own emotions out. Life keeps moving on whether you like it or not. And it was the same for Mary. She was grieving... And yet here we find she's going back to find Jesus. The day after the crucifixion itself had been the Jewish Sabbath day. So at least that was a day of rest. There was no activity really on that day. But here, the first day of the week, Mary is up very early, even while it's still dark, as dawn is coming up. She's out there and she's going to find the tomb again. And she's going with some sort of aromatic herbs and spices because they want to leave them with Jesus' body so that his body is smelling sweet, not horrible. So she's up there going to the tomb. She wanted to make sure that everything was just right. You know what it's like when you really care for someone? You care for them because you you want to make sure that they are being looked after. Yes, even in death, you want that respect to be given to that person. And that's how Mary was. So there she was, taking these herbs and spices and going to the tomb to find Jesus. She was feeling lost. Feeling lost. Not only was she feeling lost, she was feeling confused. When Mary arrived, she saw that the stone that had been rolled over the mouth of the tomb and sealed wasn't in place. There was the tomb, but the tomb was open. What's been going on? She feels lost. She's feeling confused. What is happening? And you can assume that Mary must have looked into the tomb to make sure, hey, this tomb's empty. What's happening? She was concerned. So concerned that immediately she leaves the tomb and she goes to look for Peter and John, two of Jesus' disciples. She finds them and she urgently reports to them. And this is what it says in John chapter 20, verse 2. They have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have laid him. All she can see is this empty tomb. She's seen it and it's empty. And where is he? Where's the body? What has happened? What is going on? Friday was bad enough experiencing the whole death of Jesus. Can things possibly get any worse? How wretched a day this is seeing to be. Peter and John run straight off to the tomb. Now it's interesting because Peter wasn't as fit as John because it says in the Bible that John outran him and he gets there first and he gets to the tomb and he sees that the tomb is empty. But he's standing outside. Meanwhile, Peter, he suddenly rushes up and he goes straight in. He goes into the tomb to see for himself what is happening. Sure enough, the tomb is empty and he can see on the ground there are strips of linen. And then laid in another place, there's the burial cloth that had been over the face of Jesus, folded neatly. But the tomb was empty. The disciples come out. And you know what? 
They go back home. But Mary, she stays there. Mary has one thing in mind. She wants to find Jesus. She wants to find Jesus. She's looking for him. She's left there coping with the grief, coping with the fact that now his body has gone missing. Let me ask you, have you been through pressing times like these, trials, disappointments that have come your way, and yet are you still in the midst of it, determined to look for Jesus? Mary was. She looked back into the tomb, perhaps to see, are there any clues? Could I pick up anything that others have missed? Is there a reason that I could find of where this body might be laid? She is determined to find out where Jesus is. John, as we heard in that reading, actually reports this, that when she looked back into the tomb, she saw two angels, two angels dressed in white, one at the head and one at the foot of where the body had been laid. Now, it doesn't report anything like, what is this? Instead, the angels just say to her, woman, why are you crying? Now, we might have expected her to go, what on earth are you doing here? Or perhaps even that she might have answered them like, oh God, why am I crying? Where do I begin? But she just says, they have taken my Lord away. And I don't know where they've put him. Some years ago, Helen and I went to a wedding. We were invited to the wedding and it was a friend of Helen's, a good friend of hers. And the reception was at a golf course somewhere over in Surrey. I can't remember exactly where. We drove there from the service to the ceremony so that we could join the reception, parked our car in the car park, went in, you know, and went through a number of hours, as you know what it's like at a reception. Went through the reception, had a good time. When we came out sometime later, went to find the car, and you sort of walk around the car park to the place where, where did I put the car? And so, stupid me. And so you started looking. That's funny. I thought this was where I left the car. And I looked all around the car, and it took me a long while before I actually realized the car's gone. It's been stolen. What, what, this, this is, you, you sort of go through a whole process of working out what might have happened, and until you come to terms with the fact of, actually, the car's gone. And suddenly you feel this sense of loss, you feel confused, and you have this sense of, I must find the car, I must look for it. I'm, that's still going on. Now, I know you can't equate just losing a car and that story with the situation of Mary. But nevertheless, I remember feeling confused. I remember feeling lost. I remember this sense of needing to keep on searching at that particular time in our lives. Look, Mary was lost. She was feeling lost. She was feeling confused. But she was still looking for Jesus. My third point is this, that she was finding Jesus. Is it surprising with all of this going on that Mary is indeed crying? She'd simply come to that tomb to serve Jesus in the best way that she thought by bringing those fragrant herbs and spices to lay at his body, but his body was gone. Mary turns around from looking in the tomb and seeing the angels and she turns around and there's a man behind her. She didn't recognize it. That was Jesus, but she didn't recognize it as being Jesus. And just like the two angels, this man says to her, Woman, why are you crying? Mary is so focused 
on finding Jesus that she just says, in fact, she thinks this is the gardener. So she says to him, sir, sir, if you have taken his body, tell me where it is that I might go and get him. She's still looking for Jesus. The gardener, or that's what Mary thought, simply replies this. Mary. Mary. That's all it took. But as soon as she heard her name, she knew that this was Jesus. He suddenly shouts out, Rabboni, teacher! Because that's what it means in Aramaic. Teacher, this is the one. I know who you are. It's you. And you're alive. Everything was changed in that moment. You can imagine, to say joy, it's almost like the wrong word. There is just a complete welling up of excitement, of relief, of wonder. Everything, the loss has gone. The confusion has gone because now she has found Jesus. She has found the one that she had been searching for in completely different circumstances. He who was dead, he whose body she was going to visit, is now very much alive and he's calling her name and she knows who he is. Now, it says in the Gospels, John 20 verse 17, Jesus says, don't cling to me. So I think there's that sense in which she must have just hugged him. And you know what it's like for us at the moment. We're not supposed to hug one another. You can probably touch by elbow, but you keep your distance. Look, there's no social distancing. There's no concern now. She hugged Jesus. Jesus, I don't care whether you've been up to the Father yet or not. I want you to know I am so excited that I found you. That's what happened. Mary was lost. Jesus, her friend, her teacher, the one who had brought transformation to her personal life, was lost. He'd been crucified and she felt lost. She was confused because when she gets to the tomb, the body that she's looking to actually put those herbs and spices around is gone. He's disappeared. Where have they put him? But then Mary finds Jesus. He is alive. And it all came to about as she heard her name being spoken. Today I want to bring you good news. This Jesus, who was crucified, isn't dead. He is alive. And he knows your name. He knows where you are. He knows the circumstances of your life. And he has come to forgive your sins and to bring transformation to your life. A new life that only he can bring. Because of his great love, He died in your place so that you might know forgiveness of sin, freedom from guilt, and eternal life forevermore through him. As it says in the Bible, John 3, 16 and 17, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. Through him. The reason we celebrate at Easter is because there is an empty tomb. We're not just celebrating somebody who was a good man who died. A life that was well lived but is now past. We celebrate the fact that our sins were forgiven by this man Jesus. And he showed that he had conquered sin and death by rising again from the dead and is now living so that he 
can help us. And I want to say to you, maybe over this last year you have been feeling lost. Maybe over this last year you have been feeling confused. And you know what? Even on Easter Day, it's okay to feel those things because the disciples felt those things even though Jesus was alive. They're still trying to come to terms with the fact that, hang on, the tomb's empty, he's alive. It actually says they didn't understand from scriptures that Jesus had to rise from the dead. It took them time to come to that. But when they realized, wow, everything has changed. I want to ask you, do you realize that Jesus has risen from the dead and he died to pay the price for your sin? Do you realize that? Are you seeking to know more about that? On Wednesdays, only for the next couple of weeks, we're going to have a time of just interacting about the life of Jesus. Maybe you're interested in finding out more about Jesus. Maybe you're looking to learn more about what it is to have faith in Jesus. Maybe you just want to get away from this hopelessness in your life of feeling lost and confused all the time or of having experienced the grief that we have all been through over this last year. I want to encourage you to come to those. And if you have an interest in that, then you just need to email prayer at bromleytownchurch.com and we will send you the details Freely come along, only for three weeks, only for about 45 minutes, and yet this could be an opportunity for you to learn more about Jesus. There is no need to feel lost. There is no need to feel confused. Because you can let the risen Jesus bring his life to you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com.